Hello and welcome to the Missing Peace Podcast. I'm your host Becca and my intention here is to inspire you to reconnect to yourself, realize the teacher you have within you and to bring more love, joy, peace, freedom, connection, basically all the good stuff into your life. Myself and guests cover topics from self-awareness, personal development and healing to nature, spirituality and all the fun esoteric stuff. I hope that by listening to the show, you are inspired to start or continue your own healing journey and to find your missing piece within. Hello, everybody. I was going to launch into a welcome back, etc. But actually, I realized that I do this at the start of the interview with Helen today. So let's skip the small talk and I'll just basically do an introduction to our conversation, which I really enjoyed with Helen, who is a manifestation coach and astrologer. So this is perfect for anybody who is feeling drawn to astrology at the moment, maybe wants to explore their chart a little bit more. And so we go into the basics of it, really. So what astrology is, what the big three personal signs are, so how we can start working with astrology. And she also shares some other planets that she likes to work with and also how we can use astrology in the process of manifestation. So that's what I think is really cool to see how it works uh, in relation to a, a specific aspect of our lives, which is really powerful. And towards the end as well, we go into a little bit of a discussion about some aspects in my chart, which are related to manifestation, to careers, to money. And it's a really great way for you to see what it's like to actually work with Helen, who not only shares what's going on with our birth chart, so hey, your Saturn's in Sagittarius, that means this, but she actually then provides coaching, you know, into how we can actually use that going forward, which can be often, I think, something missing from astrology or astrologers, should I say, uh, so actually knowing what to do with it, going, oh, fine, well, that I relate to that, but what do I do about it? So it's really powerful there. And I know we didn't mention this in the show, so I wanted to mention this here and I'll put a link below as well that you can find your birth chart online and you do that by having your date of birth and your time of birth as well, as close to as possible. So I will put a link to one below and there's a bunch of free sites that you can get them on, but I'll share you the the one that I've used before below. So without further ado, just enjoy the podcast, enjoy it all. And you know, maybe there's quite a bit of information. So listen to it over and over so you can really get a handle of how you can start working with astrology and bring it into your lives. Thanks, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Missing Peace podcast. Today, I have a lovely guest on the show called Helen. Thank you so much for being here, Helen. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for inviting me, Becca. It's so nice to be here. No, you're so welcome. So I'd love it if you could just start by introducing yourself, what it is that you do, who you are, anything you want to share really just about how you've got to where you are now. Yes, so I'm Helen, so I'm a manifestation coach and astrologer and I also blend together both manifestation and astrology and overall spirituality, self-development, all that good stuff. I've been on this journey for about eight years um, so to give you a little bit of a backstory as to how I got into this world um, in 2014, I had just come out of quite a toxic relationship um, and I also had quite a lot of health problems. Um, so my hair was falling out, my periods had stopped, I had severe eczema all over my wrists and ankles and um, 
and I was really like probably had quite a lot of anxiety although I didn't realize it at the time I just felt like I couldn't breathe and I'd wake up in the night and have I had all this stuff going on um so I went to the doctors and had a load of tests and they all came back negative and and that's when it sort of clicked that it's not actually a physical problem all of these symptoms are actually stuff that's going on at a mental level like psychologically and this is not something that I'd dived into before at all I was very much externally focused um very much a sort of although I'd explored philosophy and things at school I wasn't really like considering that the mind and body were so connected that it could cause a a physical health issue um so I started working with a hypnotherapist and started to sort of unravel all the stuff that was going on in in my mind internally um, from like an energetic perspective from a thought patterns and just started to peel that onion back um, later on that year I also got introduced to Buddhism and started practicing a lot of different mindfulness techniques and and sort of reconnecting to myself um, and, and that is really what led me down this this path of spirituality and self-development and really connect with something bigger than myself. And also realising that I'm actually the co-creator of my life. Um, yeah, and realising that it's all within you and that you create your own reality through the thoughts that you have, the things that you say to yourself the your overall like energetic field so to speak um and then I started diving into manifestation and law of attraction and and astrology and all of the different things really so that's a little bit of backstory of of my journey um and here we are today Lovely. Well, thank you for sharing, Helen. Um, and I can resonate with so much of that as well and how that journey of the kind of the, you know, from the, from the health complaints to the personal development to the spirituality, the unfolding of it all and the reconnecting to yourself, which um, is really beautiful there. So thank you for sharing. Um, so I'd love it if you could just kind of, let's go into astrology. Mm-hmm. Can you explain really what astrology is for somebody who maybe just doesn't know? Because I, I mean, a lot of us, I imagine, have seen horoscopes and things. So it'd be good to hear um, really what astrology is all about and, um, you know, what drew you to that in the first place as well. Yeah, definitely. So initially, um, I started working with the energy of the moon cycle. And I started you know, setting intentions with the new moon and, and surrendering my desires at the full moon and started really following that cycle and looking at the sign that the moon was taking place in. And this started to give me like a new rhythm to my life. And I, I started to see results using that process of setting intentions each month and releasing and forgiving and, and all of that work. Um, and then I started to explore all of the other planets and realized that it's not just the moon and and all of that um and I remember even when I was sort of 16 I was always super interested in you know the star signs and it'd be the first thing that I'd go to in a magazine or I would just actually look online and you know um look at different websites and read about the different signs so there was always a bit of um an interest in 
astrology and in the stars and I think it's it's that overall connection to to yourself but also to the fact that there is something bigger that you're connected to a whole universe um so astrology I like to define it as almost like a karmic blueprint and when I say karma I don't mean like what you get is you know what what you get is what you sow it's more like your energetic blueprint um and it's a map that really allows you to connect to the soul energy that exists within you um so we we all come to earth on this physical plane and we're infused with energy um and that is based on where the planets are situated at a particular point of time so it's it's almost like a snapshot of time um which then denotes the energy that you bring with you in this lifetime to to discover to to journey with to work through to connect with and it's just a powerful tool for self-discovery um yeah Love it. That's a really nice way of describing it as well. I really, I really like that. Um, what are your kind of the, the main parts of your chart then? What are your big three as such? And also, I'm calling it the big three. I think that's the right term. I don't know. But if you could just explain what they are as well, that'd be brilliant. Yes, yeah. So the big three are the classic, the ascendant. And that is really how we come across in the world. So it's our sort of social veneer. Um, it's almost like your first impressions of who how you come across when you maybe walk into a room and people get an initial sense of your aura. Um, Interestingly, it's also a little bit to do with how you see yourself. So it's how other people perceive you, but it's also how you'd like to be perceived yourself. So that is the ascendant and I'm Leo ascendant. So I've got that sort of bold energy, (laughs) if you like. Um, And then the sun sign, which is the kind of, classical um sign that you do in in the papers which is like your star sign it's it's basically where the sun is right now so the sun moves into a different sign each month so that's why if you're if the sun for example um right now it's in leo it will be um if, if you're leo sun sign star sign it'll be your birthday this month um and and the sun is really your sort of bigger personality. It's who you are when people get to know you a bit better. It's it's more like the ego. It's like the standard part of you that the characteristics, the general qualities that make up your overall kind of personality. I guess is what what I would define it as. Um, the sun can also be looked at as who you're becoming because we're very fluid. We're not just one person. We, we're constantly evolving and developing. So it can also point towards who we're becoming in this lifetime, who we're actually um, here to be, you know, from a, from a baby to an infant to adulthood to, you know, later on in life. Um, and that is all wrapped up in the sun. And then the third part of the sort of big three, and they're called the big three because they're actually the most personal planets, Um so they actually hold the most personal amount of energy in in your overall kind of makeup. They they have the most significant influence. So depending on where those three are and any sort of placements, any signs that they're in, any uh, connecting 
aspect and things like that, that will have almost uh, an overall larger influence than the other planets. Um, so that's where they're the big three. And then so the third one is the moon sign that um, is basically what what your soul needs. So it's more your internal energy. It's how you how you find safety. It's how you feel nourished. So it's also quite connected to the mother um, and your relationship with the mother. Um, it's yeah, it's how you feel secure in this world. And it can also sometimes show your habits and how you react to things. Um, it also governs your intuition and your emotional well-being. So that's that's the moon. Um, so for me, I'm Sun Gemini. Uh, so I love to chat. <laughs> and then I, I'm Moon in Capricorn. So I also I like to have that structure. And actually, interestingly, with the moon, when you know what your moon sign is, you can start to look at what you actually need because. Sometimes we can go about and we're, you know, just walking around in life and doing our things. Where if someone's got like, for me, when I realise, oh, I've got Moon in Capricorn, like I, because I'm a Gemini and I've also got quite a lot of air in my in my uh, chart. But actually, I need structure. I need that sort of earthy Capricorn um, order to follow to make me feel a bit more at ease and feel like secure, even though I've got a lot of flexibility and air in me when I kind of have that foundation of the moon sign um that that really helps <laughs> really helps me so it's a, yeah the moon sign's a great one to just lean into for for looking at your emotional needs Mm. Well, thank you again for sharing and sharing your signs. I didn't actually ask you if you if you did mind sharing, so I apologise just chucking that in there for you. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> um, so, in terms of starting to work with astrology, would you then say that these these three these these personal three are a good place to start? Or is there anything else that you really like to work with um, when you're looking at a chart? Maybe what's worked for you and what's worked for other people as well. Yeah, so I mean, there are so many different ways that you can go into it, really. And it it does depend what you're trying to get out of it. You know, what are you trying to look at? Are you trying to figure out more of your purpose? Are you trying to figure out your kind of um, strengths? Are you trying to look at your relationship zone? There's loads of different layers. But yeah, I mean, the big three, the ascendant, I think, is a really interesting one, because sometimes we don't realise how we come across. So it can be a bit of a blind spot when, you know, and sometimes people don't necessarily resonate with their star sign, but when they find out their ascendant, it clicks, oh, okay, I I, I have got this in me. I resonate more with, with my ascendant sign, with, with how I come across. So that can be quite an eye-opener. Um, if you've got quite a, a different sun sign, in terms of the the elements and, and energies to your ascendant, knowing your ascendant can be quite helpful from that perspective. Um, but yeah, it really does depend. Like there wasn't one particular area that I started to look at first, but what what you kind of do, I guess you you work outwards. So you work with the personal planets first, just because they do have a lot more of an influence, and especially say the sun and the moon, they're a lot. Uh, quicker moving planets so the moon moves through all 12 signs within the space of a month the sun within the space of a year when you start getting to the other planets they take a bit longer you know they take 
a couple of years, seven years, 10 years, you know, um, Pluto, I think it takes over 200 years to go around the whole of, um, you know, the 12 signs, the whole chart. So you'll never actually get a Pluto return. Um, the other planet that I think is really super helpful to to look at, which a lot of people maybe avoid when they start getting into astrology, is planet Saturn, because that is really your work that you're here to to grow through in this lifetime. It actually Saturn shows you your your lessons, your self development, your work, your fears, the things that sometimes we want to avoid looking at. But once we kind of know that, we can think, okay, there's a lesson here for me to to come um, to look at. I can start to move through this. I can grow from it. Um, and, and that can be really beneficial because then it's not just like I'm walking around. I don't know what's happening to me. It's like you've come here. You've got some lessons to learn on planet Earth. And once you overcome that, then you become stronger from it. You become, you know, you, you get something from overcoming whatever obstacles you know maybe are thrown in your direction oh it's so fascinating I should have been taking notes but when I um re- like listen over to this and edit it I'm gonna note everything down yeah. um just as you talked about Saturn there do you mind just talking a little bit about the Saturn returns thing because I know a lot of people talk about this at the moment and my sister will enjoy this it'll make her listen because she's going through her Saturn returns now mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so basically Saturn return is when Saturn returns to the exact spot that it was at your time of birth. Um, So this usually takes around 28 to 30 years, which is why when you when you turn sort of 28 to 29, your Saturn starts to return back to the same point in the sky that it was at your time of birth. And what this really starts to bring up is the stuff that maybe you haven't looked at yet, like I said, the lessons that you're here to learn, it really brings them to the surface as it returns. Um, Because if you have looked at that stuff and you've kind of, you've got that down and you've kind of um, taken the lesson, then your Saturn return will be a lot easier if if there's still stuff that you need to digest to, to kind of see. And it's really a part of your, you know, when you get to sort of 30 in your life, you're about, you know, a third of the way through, I guess, your, you know, standard natural human life. Um, It's really an opportunity to, right, I'm in a new phase now, I'm moving to a new phase of my life, I'm I'm maturing. So Saturn is also like the, um, the planet of time. So it represents how we're how we're moving through time as we mature. So that's why it's such a big thing. That's why loads of stuff will come up during those sort of two to three years of your Saturn return because it's Saturn saying, right, I'm getting closer now. Have you learned the lessons of this part of your life? And then again, you get to say, I think it's around 58 um, and you get another, you get your second Saturn return. And a lot of the time that's, you know, that's later in life. Maybe you've, you know, you've, gone through a lot more life experience and you're reflecting and, and usually the second Saturn returns a lot easier than the first because you know you've you've gained some wisdom in that respect you've gained some some experiences how to overcome things um but yeah the first Saturn return it can bring up a lot it can feel like the rug suddenly being um pulled from beneath your feet and it's like 
so I would say you just have to embrace it like know that this is this is part of your journey and allow the lessons to teach you because Saturn is the teacher at the end of the day it's he's he's here as the sort of masculine um energy to say you know there are gifts in learning these things that haven't been working for you if you know if there are certain patterns that have been occurring there's a reason to that they've been reoccurring if you want to change them you need to make the internal change you need to do something about it and that's really where the difficulty comes is because you can't uh, you can't create that change unless you look within and i think that's really what saturn points to Mm, that's um that's so interesting as well because you know we could look at it and go oh gosh our Saturn returns coming like our life's just messed up and we've got no control but actually when we have an idea of it and we look inwards then we realize that we are this is empowering in a way isn't it to go look we've been given a lesson we've got an idea of what our lessons is let's start to work with that and look inwards and see what comes up so actually it's it's quite empowering I guess isn't it yeah yeah definitely and you know this lesson or lessons they're probably things that are not new they're just they're just coming up in maybe slightly bigger ways or you're noticing them more um so they've always been there you know uh, for me one thing was around patience and really learning to lean into being patient um and that is difficult in its own sense when you're on a journey and you want things to happen by a certain time or you want life to unfold a certain way. Like the lesson of patience is not easy. <laughs> so, um, but yet I, I kind of knew most of my life that I'd been quite impatient with with myself, with, you know, trying to reach certain goals or whatever, um, whether it's in my personal life or business or, you know, trying to figure figure stuff out on my own journey um I knew that that was something that was occurring but I just wasn't really looking at it and then of course Saturn comes along and it makes things sort of (laughs) even more messy that you kind of have to sit up and the only way to get, get through it is to be patient I mean you can choose to ignore your Saturn return but then you'll continue to have the same uh situations or you know, likely to continue. Mm, yeah. So it's as though it can, you know, you might be aware of these things, like you're aware of needing patience, but it's kind of, there you go. Like, let's work with this rather than ignoring it and just mm-hmm. pretending that doesn't exist. So it's, yeah, really, I like that you can then use it and see where you kind of, what lessons you can learn from it, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Um. So I know that you, you know, obviously you're a manifestation coach as well. So I'd love it if you could share a little bit about really what manifestation means to you and how you use manifestation with the astrology as well so two big questions there take your time yeah how time you got yeah yeah Um, yeah so manifestation I kind of see it as you are bringing into physical form something that is imagined so if you have an idea you have a dream a desire something that you want to create the process of manifestation is the process of bringing the unseen into physical reality because we do live in a physical world, we do have, we're on the earth plane, we have physical things, physical people, you know, physical uh, houses to live in, etc. We have to eat to, to get by, we have to have money to live. There's all of these physical things that are part of our reality. And yet at the same time, 
all of the material world is a reflection of spirit. So it's connecting and bringing spirit and or whatever you want to call it, source, you know, unseen energies into that 3D world and um, doing that intentionally. So we are always manifesting through our own energy field, through our own thought patterns, through our subconscious mind, through our own conditioning, all of these things that are part of our being, you know, even through our energy within our chart. Um, But the process is really intentionally deciding what you want to create into physical form. So that's, yeah, that's the definition I like to think of. Yeah, I love that. Um, Because, you know, we talk a lot about manifestation and can sometimes without really knowing much about it, don't really see it so much about kind of talking about the energy. It can just be, I want this, I want this, I want that. And and, and it is about kind of bringing it into the physical form, but it's, you know, it's, it's more than that, isn't it? It's about kind of creating that, again, that connection to ourselves, which is a bit of a theme here, I guess, but uh, Mm -hmm. that deeper connection to um, ourselves and what's coming up for us. What are these limiting beliefs? What are these fears that we have and working through these as well in the process? So, um, so yeah, what is it that you quite like um, about manifestation and astrology coming together? Where, Where do you work with on that? Yeah, so there's a few different areas that I like to work with to really harness the energies in your birth chart in order to help with manifesting. So because everyone's so unique, everyone's got a completely different chart, there are a few different points in the chart that you can look at to really harness how you're best suited to manifest or how what would be most beneficial. And so the biggest planet that I like to look at for this is planet Venus because Venus rules all things attraction, it rules all things desire, it rules all things abundance, um, it, it rules basically all the things on the physical plane. So how you go about attracting those things into your life will have where Venus is in your birth, it will have a heavy influence on if you work with your Venus, for example when you go through the manifestation process you've got an intention you want to co-create you want to bring x into into your life if you look at where your venus is that will give you a clue as to how you are sort of best energetically set up to try and harness that in a way that maybe someone with venus in a different uh, placement would be better suited to so you kind of work with the energy that is is existing within you Mm, and I have to say I listened to a podcast episode where you talk about Venus which I'd fully recommend and I can link it in the show notes below because that really gave me um, a good idea of of working with Venus I've never done that before Mm. and to hear you actually talk about it and like give the examples and I know that we're going to go a little bit into my chat and people can get a bit of an example there as well Mm. Um, so so yeah I find that I find that really interesting so definitely recommend that that episode that you have there on your podcast which we'll link below Um, so yeah I guess should we should we dive into what's come up in my chat and what you would yes, like to share? Yeah, that's oh, I'm excited. <laughs> I've got your chart. Oh, I'll get mine up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. it up on the so screen as well. What I'm going to do is I'll talk around Venus, which is like I said, the the planet of attraction, the planet of abundance, the planet of how we call something into our life. Um, I'm also going to look at your Jupiter, which is the planet of success. It's it's the planet that expands everything that 
you touch. So wherever Jupiter is, is likely to create more of that. It's likely to prosper. Um, it also highlights the areas that you have confidence in, talents, gifts, strengths, etc. So we'll look at Jupiter. Um, also going to look at the 10th house. So this is really interesting for sort of career business um manifesting sort of wealth and, and how you want to be seen and, and the mark you want to make on the world and we'll also look at your second house which is the area of cash and sort of physical tangible um material security uh, whether that's physical possessions um investments or anything to do with the material world really is all wrapped up in the second house uh, so that's those are the areas uh, that we're going to look through. Um, so we'll start with Venus. So mm-hmm. your Venus is in the eighth house um, and it's got a trine. You're, so I'm just going to talk a little bit astrology lingo here. <laughs> um, yeah. Basically, when, when I talk about, say, trines or sextiles or oppositions or anything like that, this is basically what, what we call an aspect. And it's when one planet is making a connection to another planet. And depending on the position of, the, of that connection, sometimes it can be harmonious and it can sort of have a free flowing sort of energy. Sometimes it can create a bit of tension or there needs to be a bit more balance um, sort of drawn out depending on, on the aspect. So I'll I'll sort of, you know, you'll get the picture as we go through, but just to highlight up front, uh, these these are what these mean. Um, Yeah, so your Venus is in the eighth house, is taking place in Leo, and you've got a trine taking place to Mars in the fourth house. So when it comes to, say, attracting money, money, people etc into your life you you're likely to do it in a way that is very leo (laughs) so Mm -hmm. leos love to shine they love to be in the spotlight and they love to really express themselves they're very creative um they're also very much connected to this energy of self-love they uh they're almost the the heart of the zodiac so they're very warm-hearted um so something where you have a lot of creative expression and where you actually share from your heart or where you go for things with with confidence and you're really like self-assured and and proud of who you are that is when you're likely to have the most sort of uh, uh, elevated sense of attraction when you're when you're calling something into your life um yeah, I don't know how that resonates with you. I'd love to hear just your initial thoughts of your Venus and Leah and that sort of creative expression. Yeah, it's so interesting because I feel like um, for people who know as well, I took a podcast break and I basically had an idea for business and I closed it down and all these different things. And really over that time off, because I just felt so unsure, I guess, of everything and not confident in myself. And then... Um, more recently, I've been leaning into into what actually feels 
good to me and feels mm-hmm. like it's coming from my heart. So it's as though I have started to do that. And that's why I've started to do more of the writing and more of the, like really focusing on the podcast and allowing it to be an expression of what it is, well, what I want to share rather than going, I think people want to hear this, or I think I should do this. It's like, what do we actually want to do? So it's like becoming, I guess, more me. So yeah, that, that resonates really hard which is it's really cool that I'm going through that now so yeah yeah. and I love what you said there because Venus is also the planet of pleasure and Leo loves a bit of like luxury it loves to sort of indulge but it also loves just the the sort of uh fun aspects of life and and sort of has that playful joyful energy so when you're when you're attracting something when you want to um, create something in your life it has to be pleasurable for you. you have to enjoy it if you don't enjoy it and you know you're you're doing something that doesn't sort of light you up and and stuff that is that is almost going against your your venus placement um so yeah that's something yeah it sounds like you're already doing it but that's something that is super important for having venus in leo um but also having this trying to mars actually gives you a little bit of an extra boost to um go forward and really like step out and you know go for what it is that you want because you've got that uh mars energy which is the engine of the zodiac it really likes to strive on forward take action and um you've got that energy of being productive and and, um, moving forwards behind you and connected to Venus, it means you're actually likely to get things done quite easily when they are aligned. Mm, That's so interesting. Thank you. Because yeah, I think like the next thing is I have to learn the lesson as well of patience because I go, well, can someone just tell me what that one thing is? And it's like, well, maybe it isn't one thing and, and maybe it is meant to flow and who knows yet, but it's learning to go, do you know what, just follow actually guess what feels good now and what feels like from a place of pleasure and things and, and see where that ends up, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lean into the joy, the fun, the spark, the inspiration. So Leo being a fire sign also it sparks inspiration, it sparks ideas. And when you get that, that that gives you that kind of uh, motivation to to keep going. Mm, I love it. Thank you. I'm taking notes as we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So should we move on to Jupiter? Yes, yes. let's do that. Um, okay, so you've got Jupiter in Gemini um, in the sixth house, which where you've actually got a few different aspects. So you've got uh, Jupiter uh, in the sixth house in Gemini, and you've got a square to your moon. And so your moon is actually in Virgo in the ninth house. So when these planets come together, um, initially having Jupiter in this in this sign shows that having some kind of strong belief system or philosophy um, is likely to nurture you and make you feel more grounded. Um, however, with the square, it may create a little bit of tension um, and almost like a feeling like you've been either too protected or not protected enough because the moon is really connected to our, to our instincts. Um this this could sort of create tension in some habits or um, routines or you know uh, really creating that order 
in your life because you've you've got the Jupiter that is very expansive and wants to connect to something bigger and then you've got the moon and you've got the Virgo which is more like order structure um so yeah there might there may be some tension there uh that comes up but again it's it's when a square occurs it's always there as an indicator for you to overcome and then you get the gift through through that journey Hmm. Yeah, that's that's so interesting because um, particularly with I don't know if this would be the same sort of thing, but like I became obsessed with routines and control and just yeah. Yeah, it was so much that it was it was a negative and yes. did this for years. And so finally mm-hmm. I'm starting to go, let's get that balance. And that's where the spirituality is really kicking in as well. And this idea of connecting in that way. So that feels so yeah so yes yeah yeah so that is spot on because the sixth house which is where Jupiter is also is the house of routine is the house of sort of day-to-day living daily work routine etc and then the moon which is in your ninth house is the the house of uh exploring and expanding your mindset and looking at the big picture so there's those two slightly um you know they don't necessarily go together when you think you, yeah, they're quite opposite. They're not directly opposite on the chart, so I wouldn't call them opposites, but they've got very different ways of looking at things. You know, um, sixth house, very detailed, ninth house, very big picture. So it's it's working out how to bring those two together. Mm, yeah, that's, oh, that's so, that's so cool. That's so interesting. It's crazy how much I can relate to it already just from these little, these little bits that we're going through. So yeah. Yeah. And then also with Jupiter, you've got a trine taking place between your Jupiter and your Mercury. So you've got Jupiter in the sixth house, like we just said, um, taking to, with a trine taking place to Mercury in Libra in the 10th house. So a trine is actually where there's a lot of free-flowing energy. Um, the, the elements go really well together. And usually when these two uh, planets have have this free-flowing energy it actually creates something more fulfilling than it would if they were by themselves it's almost like combining these two energies creates something even even nicer even sort of um you know more fulfilling so taking place uh your mercury in libra um with gemini in the sixth again with that jupiter means that you've got some some kind of strength gifts um, in relation to communication so mercury rules all things communications jupiter expands everything it touches so things like writing speaking expressing yourself in a way that is very librian so libras love to create more peace in the world they want to create fairness they want things to have more harmony balance that kind of thing so it kind of suggests that you have a gift for creating some kind of career almost because you've got Mercury in the tent there out of something to do with uh, communications that promotes that kind of sense of peace, balance, harmony um, to the world. That's so cool. Is that probably why I have a podcast called The Missing Peace Podcast? That's <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's fascinating. Oh my god, I'm probably not going to sleep tonight. Like looking through all this. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on to the uh, third. I can't remember what the third. Um, well, there's actually a couple of more aspects to um, 
Mercury, if because we, we're sort of touching on Mercury now, or we've sort of moved from Jupiter, um, but it'd be good to look at Mercury in a bit more detail because, as I mentioned, uh, Mercury's in your 10th house, which is the sort of career zone, which is also quite associated to manifestation because it's like what you want to manifest in this lifetime, how you want to be remembered, the mark you want to make in the world, and all things related to like business, um, finances, that kind of thing. Um, so with your Mercury you've also got a opposition to Mars so this is it's quite an interesting placement so when you've got an opposition it's around finding balance because there are there are basically two opposing energies um, and Libra in its own sense is all about finding balance anyway so you've almost got um, an extra sort of uh, boost there when it comes to uh, balance um, so with these two opposing you've got uh, Mercury in Libra you've got um, Mars in Aries and so that on one hand there may be like this urge to move forward and boldly and take action and take risks and, and all of that and then the the Libra in Mercury may be a bit more indecisive or, or you may find yourself flicking and not quite sure if that's the direction you want to go or that's the thing that you want to create um and then at the same time there may be this sort of uh sort of need with with the Mars that you actually want like come on let's get going you know it wants to get everything going quickly it wants to move forwards but then the Libra is like well hold on maybe I need to you know weigh everything up I need to consider this you know what what, what effect will that have on this people and and think about things more from like a, a partnership and a cooperative energy whereas Mars and especially in Aries because Mars rules Aries um likely to be a bit more like well let's just go for it you know I'm I'm the boss here let's go whereas Libra's like no let's consider people let's be a bit more so there's this almost like can you see there's a slight tug of war between um pleasing yourself and and pleasing others going for it taking the risk and 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 then sort of considering things and flicking between different um thoughts (laughs) crazy I mean Honestly, just just to highlight to everybody listening, me and Helen don't know each other. She's just literally got my yeah my my date above my time and stuff, and this is insane because these are all the, the things that I'm feeling at the moment. Like I need to go forward, I need to do do do, and then all of a sudden something will pull me back, and it's like you no, know, let's kind of reconsider, let's balance, and maybe there's some fear there as well, and things you know. Mm. But like yeah, this just I relate to all this so so hard. I just blow my mind a little bit (laughs) yeah wow so yeah what I would suggest is a sort of question if you've got these two opposing energies because Libra and Aries you know they are they are super opposite some most most of the opposites are on the chart opposite but because Libra is such a sort of um cooperative and balanced energy and Aries is such a go-getter such a action orientated energy I guess the question I would ask is like how can you find balance between the between them both how can you have balance and take action how can you have balance action <laughs> yeah yeah how yeah that absolutely that makes sense so yeah. thank you as well thank you for providing the um the ways that you know you're not just sharing about what the other information is from a chat but you're actually giving advice going forward and that's that's the really kind of like the key part I guess as well isn't it so yeah. um and and that's 
Yeah, and that's really like why I started to blend more of the coaching aspect into astrology because I found I was doing a lot of consultations for people and it was amazing, you know, it would all resonate and we'd get to the end and they'd be like pretty starstruck as to, okay, like I've got this information, now what do I do with it? Like how do I actually like work with this energy and like, you know, move forwards with my life? So astrology is like a it's an eye-opener, it sort of, it starts to let the worms out of the can, so to speak, and it starts to give you that uh, sort of prod to start looking at yourself, but then the work starts, so that's that's where the coaching sort of is really helpful to, to really get underneath, well, what do I do with this, and how do I actually um, manifest what it is that I want, or, or change what it is that I want, yeah, definitely. Because like, yeah, we could, we could, you know, you could tell us all about our astrology, and then we go, great, that's great, I, I know all these things, but mm-hmm. what do I do? So bringing the coaching in is brilliant. So, um, would you mind just sharing with um, the listeners as well where it is they can find you, what it is that you have on offer at the moment, and just generally what you're up to? Yes. Um, so I've launched um, a new one-to-one coaching offering, which is a container called Soul Abundance Coaching. And it really looks at how to create abundance in all areas of your life, um, looking at both your birth chart and also diving into yourself on a, on a sort of deeper level. Um, I've also just launched a free club called Astrology Manifestation Club, where we host monthly events, um, which are related to astrology but also there are just general spiritual events um topics from manifestation to shadow work to belief work all of that stuff so that's a sort of online spiritual community that I'm starting to create so I actually launched that today so um, that is something that people can sign up for if they're interested to uh, come along and be part of a spiritual community um I also have a podcast myself, which is called the Manifestation and Mystic Soul Podcast, um, which you'll be on. So you'll hear Becca on mine. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that is that is where you can find me. I also have um, an Instagram account so you can you can connect with me at Helen Life, which is L-Y-F-E lovely thank you I will link all this in the show notes and I'm going to join that community that's that's brilliant and today as well that you've launched it well yeah I love it good luck and I'm looking forward to to be involved there as well so thank you so much again for coming on the show Helen and for you know from a personal place as well thank you for all the advice on my chat and hopefully people can resonate with that as well and and start to dive into working with astrology and manifestation so yeah thank you so much yeah it's been lovely yeah Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if this resonated with you, I would be so grateful if you could share it and if you feel called to, to rate and review it. Thank you so much for helping with the growth of this show. Until next time.